0: you're running on adrenaline which is it's addictive it's almost like a drug if you can say um, a good Mm -hmm. service with great customers who are who are just thrilled of what you've sort of done and put out and uh, that feels just amazing
1: this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep With the evolution of regional dining has come a focus on capturing a true sense of place with food, food that speaks of a region, of a place, of a period in time. In that sense, what is Tasmanian cuisine? How does the produce and climate of the apple isle play a role in its voice on the plate? Tim Hardy is the co-owner and executive chef of Van Boen Restaurant and Farm in Tasmania. Tim, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Anthony. How are you going?
1: I'm good. Tell us a little bit about the region that Van Bone is, is in. I know you're quite connected to the produce and the region there.
0: Yeah, of course. So um, Van Bone is uh, its about 45 minutes kind of east southeast of Hobart in a little area called Brim Creek. It's predominantly dairy country, really beautiful, green rolling hills, um, and right on the east coast of Tasmania, looking north up towards Maria Island. It's a beautiful part of Tasmania with mm. some really wonderful produce kind of happening from the area. Uh, there's a few little market gardens um, in. In the area. There's a couple of vineyards. We're actually next door to Brim Creek Vineyard. Um, Fred Peacock making some lovely wines there. Um, there's Oyster Farms just a couple of k's away. So, wow. yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area um, with some, yeah, wonderful produce. There's an amazing cheese company just up the road. Uh, Tongola Farm making beautiful goat's cheese. Mm. So, yeah, it's a pretty pretty awesome happening little area there
1: tell us a little bit about your small-scale philosophy that you you have there for the venue
0: yeah well um, van bone it's it's about an 18 seat restaurant we we sort of book out anywhere between 10 and 16 guests at this stage in time um, we have a small little garden that we Basically, just used solely for the kitchen. We really haven't bought vegetables for look about the last six months now. So, wow. very much um, in tune with with our little patch down there. We, our very small team, head down every morning, pick the day's produce, um, exactly the right portions every single day for our diners. So, you know, we we pick and it's on the plate within a couple of hours. So. So it's a beautiful way to cook and having sort of cooked this way now, it's hard to think there's any other way to do it.
1: (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the the produce that you're perhaps using at the moment that sort of speaks of, of the voice that you're giving to that region.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's ever-changing. We're just sort of coming out of uh, summer now, so the garden's in a bit of a transition with getting our, our autumn winter crops established. So... We're still pretty lucky to be able to be serving tomatoes. Um, we've got amazing cucumbers that are still hanging in there. And then, yeah, we've got lots of sort of brassicas, cabbages, that kind of stuff happening a little slowly. Um, as, as winter kicks in, that, that'll be the next sort of round of produce. But we've got an enormous amount of leafy greens, radishes, hackerai turnips. Um, like I said, tomatoes are still hanging in there. Cucumbers are amazing. There's so much. I mean, it's it's hard to list everything, but like <laughs> basically everything on the menu is, is coming from the patch, apart from proteins, etc.
1: Well, I want to explore in more detail what you're doing at Van Bone there, but take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family?
0: Well, I mean, we, we always ate really well. It, it, it was never you know, on a culinary level of, you know, we're a chef family or anything. Mum mm-hmm. and Dad, we, we grew up in a pretty small little town about 20 kilometres east of Hobart. It's called Cremorne. It's on a little sand spit. And on the inside, there's a Pipe Clay Lagoon. It's full of oyster leases. So as young kids, we'd, we'd paddle our surfboards out there and, and pick wild oysters. Um, wow which sort of, you know, spawned from the farms. Um, but, yeah, food was food was always, you know, it was just good quality food. Mum and Dad were pretty solid cooks. You know, Mum would do awesome spaghetti bolognese and, and that kind of stuff. But, like I said, it was never, you know, on a culinary level. We just ate good quality food. Mum and Dad always had a little veggie patch, and I remember... Kicking corn as a very young kid, which was always good fun. Um, but yeah, it was it was yeah just just good solid food. Um,
1: yeah. What triggered an interest for you to for a career as a chef?
0: Well, it's sort of interesting. I, I'd always enjoyed uh, cooking classes at school, and and never really thought. I was going to, you know, be be a chef or anything like that. I was a very keen surfer. So that kind of ruled my life for, for many, many years, and it still does in a way. Um, so I, I ended up getting a job as a kitchen hand and working nights just because it was perfect for surfing. So I'd surf all day, <laughs> I'd head into the kitchens, um, get a good feed off the chefs and, and wash dishes till late at night and get up and do it all again and I was doing that for quite a few years and just sort of, you know, really chasing waves and that allowed me to do that and then I got offered an apprenticeship at one of the restaurants I was working at and kind of told mum and, and she was said, you have to do it, you can't sort of be a surfer your whole life. Um <laughs> So I, I accepted it and it was a massive shock, you know. I mean, the hours and, and the dedication to the craft is enormous. So it was a huge shock. The first few years were just kind of grinding it out and I'm not sure something clicked later in my career and, and it was, yeah, surfing was on the back door and, and cooking became number one. So that's kind of how it started in a nutshell. Um, and yeah, it's evolved enormously since.
1: What's been some of the key sort of venues and people that have influenced your direction as a chef?
0: Well, I mean, as I finished my apprenticeship in, in Tassie at a small restaurant in Hobart, and I packed my car, drove straight to Western Australia, down to the <laughs> Margaret down to the Margaret River region, um, knowing the surf was really good there, so. I, I drove over there and ended up getting a job at, at Vast Felix Winery. Um, Aaron Carr was the chef at the time, mm. and he's been an enormous influential uh, figure in my career. I haven't sort of chatted with him for a few years now, but that was a, an amazing time. Um, just you know, the surf was incredible. They were doing really good food at Vast Felix, and. And I just clicked with Az, he's a great guy and and he just mixed fun and and good cooking and a good time into into the scene and it just really resonated with me. Um, So I ended up going back and forth from Tassie to WA many times and, and Vass Felix sort of grew from strength to strength each time and, you know, they'd won sort of every award and Aaron was a bit of a star in the West Oz scene over there. So, mm. yeah, he was a big influence. Um, working with Luke Burgess very briefly at Garage East in Hobart, mm. that, was, that was huge. Um, uh, Luke's a pretty inspired guy and, yeah, he... He really inspired me to to want to achieve at a, at a high level, so I'd sort of left there. I ended up working at, at Lake House in Dalesford for oh, wow. almost a year under Brendan Wessels. He was sous chef there. Um, I'm not sure exactly where he is now, but um, he was an amazing guy, just extremely eloquent and a really solid cook who, yeah I got along really well with, and he was a big inspiration um, and then I mean dan hunter how how do you go past Dan working at bray in that kitchen? Probably the most inspired chef i've I've ever had the pleasure of working under, um just just incredible from you know the food philosophy to the way he talks about food and and everything they're doing on Bray Farm there is inspired from you know as soon as you get in the driveway to being in that beautiful old farmhouse it's it's just incredible so yeah Dan sort of working with him it it really inspired me to kind of come home and and do something on a well certainly not a a bray level but something similar you know farm to plate cooking in a regional area Um, and yeah here we are at Van Bone Restaurant.
1: You've worked at some pretty incredible and influential restaurants, but it's really marked by being regional restaurants. Well, yeah. what's, what's been your interest about, you know, carving a career in regional restaurants and what impact has that had on you?
0: Well, I think the whole regional thing, it's it's really beautiful to to go into a region, to immerse yourself within that, and and discover a food experience it, it really it, it just made sense to me um I think that whole kind of being a part of the community and the region showcasing that region has always appealed to me. Mm. And I feel like there's there's always been these, you know, incredible restaurants in sort of far-off regions that are almost sort of intriguing, you know, you have to go there because it's it's a discovery within itself. And then... For them to be able to showcase that region in such a a powerful and inspired way, it's always really resonated with me. Um, So I I suppose that's kind of it. And, I mean, a lot of the time these regions have had really good surf nearby. So, I mean, that (laughs) that was always really good as a surfer too.
1: You had a small stint uh, in uh, Sweden, in Sweden as well. Can you tell us a bit about that and, and what impact it had on you?
0: Yeah, that was an amazing experience. Um, I was sort of working at Vass Felix at the time and, and the Great Escape or Gourmet Escape, I think, it, it is mm. a big event down in Margaret River um And, yeah, I just saw this Swedish chef was a part of it. I'd never heard of Daniel, Daniel Berlin or his restaurant, and I just Googled him and went, wow, that guy's sort of like my one of my food heroes, Magnus Nielsen." So I, I just emailed the restaurant and said, can I come and start? Um, and <laughs> and I, got a, I got an email back from his sous chef Um And they said, when can you come? So I ended up flying over to Sweden and did a one-month stage there. Um, It ended up being a little bit longer because I wanted to stay. And Mm. it was just an amazing time. Daniel operated a a 12-seat little farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in southern Sweden. And he was doing very sort of Nordic, seasonal, just incredible food. And, and I loved that style. I think the whole Noma movement and Edmund Magnus, opening Farvican in just the absolute middle of nowhere inspired me heavily. So to go work with Daniel doing something similar was just incredible. Um, They had an amazing charcuterie program. Daniel would go hunting on days off and bring wild boar back on his back into the restaurant and they'd butcher it and it was just like, wow, this is – this is insane and just amazing. And they were cooking at such a high level. It was just really an incredible experience. I think the next year they'd cracked the, the top 100 in the, mm. the Seth Greeno Awards. So it, it felt amazing to have sort of jumped on something before it really blew up like that.
1: And to
0: see that was, was really cool
1: inspired by all of all of this as you mentioned you Mm -hmm. wanted to open your own place back in Tasmania what were the challenges and hurdles early on in trying to create sort of your vision
0: well I mean it's it's been a, a pretty wild ride to be honest um to to dig a hole in a in a an empty paddock in, you know, essentially the middle of nowhere and say so we're building a restaurant um, is pretty wild in itself. Um, so, yeah, that, that happened about, oh, look, five years ago. The hole was dug. We were pretty excited, yeah, we're building a restaurant. Um, and, I mean, anybody who's built from the ground up knows there's enormous challenges within that in, in itself. Um, financially, All of that, it was – I'd never Mm -hmm. set foot on a building site before, so ended up kind of being thrown into the deep end and and helping trades along the way. Uh, Me and my business partner, who's not really in the business anymore, but – we, we ended up doing quite a bit of labouring. We we laboured for building the, the four-metre high rammed earth walls that are a huge part of the restaurant. That was really cool. Um, and, yeah, very, very much a part of it. But, yeah, building is challenging in itself to say, you know, you're going to be a restaurant um, without, you know, any financial backing, that's huge. And then COVID mm-hmm. And we were like, wow, we've just thrown four years of enormous energy into this thing and, and the industry's just gone to shit. So what do we do? Um, so we, we got to the point where it was like the building's ready. Um, let's just open and see what happens. Um, we'd thrown everything into it at that stage. And, yeah, we opened the doors and... A year and a half later, it's kind of surreal, but it's just gone from strength to strength, and yeah, we're thrilled.
1: With with that timing of COVID and your vision, did it did it alter because of um, COVID what you had intended to open?
0: No, not at all. I mean, we we always wanted to um, open a you know a really small regional destination style. Uh, restaurant. We'd always wanted to do degustation menus, and we have haven't changed really anything. Um, the the model of the restaurant is is very COVID uh, sort of safe, I suppose, being really small, um, mm. not needing enormous amount of staffing or or numbers to be successful. So without even realising it. We'd, um, we'd opened a pretty, pretty good COVID model, really. Um, but no, nothing had changed. We'd, we've stayed very true to the vision and it's, it's been amazing, really. Um, just a lot of hard work, but extremely rewarding. And yeah, the restaurants somehow kind of won some pretty cool awards and it, there's a lot of talk, which is great
1: tell us a little bit about the design of of the the restaurant, but also of the surrounding sort of grounds and orchard and, and garden because I know you've had a few uh, people involved and, and yep. that's really important to what you do.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's that call of, you know, it, it takes an army to build a village and very much the same to do something what we're doing. So my fiance Laura Stukin, who is um, the restaurant manager, she designed the building. So she was a interior architect and has had a mm. major change. So she designed the building. Uh, many years ago, and it is incredible. It's very architecturally designed, big rammed earth walls. It's sort of tucked in to a hillside. Um, lots yeah. of wonderful angles, and it's it's a really in, just awe inspired looking building. Um, we have enormous windows throughout, so the dining room is very open and. Just incredible views from every sort of table and vista. The kitchen's basically in the middle of the restaurant um, where, you know, the diners can come up and chat or all that. We're, we're very much in the dining room as such. Uh, mm. We cook entirely on fire we don't have any gas in the restaurant we do have a few electric sort of appliances but it's about 90% cooked over coals and fire um and then yeah I mean the garden was designed by a local permaculturalist Hannah Maloney who's pretty influential in sort of the Hobart scene with permaculture so she designed it and we've sort of slowly implemented it over the years. Uh, we now have a gardener, Stewie, who's a legend, and he's been <laughs> really, really great in in just keeping the patch really moving. And he's very good with with that. Um, it's myself and Laura in the restaurant. I'm the executive chef. She's the the manager, and we have a fourth year apprentice in the kitchen. And that's basically the team. Um wow. Very small. Um, we work enormous hours, but, you know, our customers get a lot out of it. We're, we're the ones who built it and designed it. We're the ones that are running it. So, everyone gets to talk to us and, and understand the story.
1: Tell us a little bit about your food and is there a dish or two you can sort of Tell us about that sort of epitomises where you're at as a chef.
0: Yeah, I mean, my food, it's pretty, I mean, the whole cliche of, of seasonal cooking. But if you are cooking in Tasmania, there, there really is very set seasons. So there's no other way to cook. Um, it's it's very seasonal cuisine. I think, you know, we're very sort of vegetable-driven. I think we have a couple of sort of on the menu, we've always finished with with a duck dish, um, which is wow. just amazing duck coming from a small farm in the north of the state. Matthew's the farmer there. He runs Shellyfield Farm and they're incredible birds. Uh, we've sort of had those on from day one. Um, look, uh, it's hard to sort of describe your own style. I think, you know, that's that's a tricky one, but we'll say it's <laughs> very very produce-driven and and seasonal cooking. Um, Dishes that I'm sort of excited on at the moment, I mean, it's it's very much autumn at the moment and there's pine mushrooms everywhere in the forest. So I've always Mm. loved, um, well, I ate a dish in San Sebastian of just a warmed egg yolk with grilled mushrooms and it blew my mind, the simplicity of it, the flavour, just is so perfect. So we're kind of doing a bit of a spin on that, um, just mm. a warmed egg yolk with, with beautiful fresh pine mushrooms that we pick the morning before we serve them. And the mushrooms are just grilled on the fire until they're sort of just cooked, sliced to order, and then a warmed egg yolk. There's a few other bits and pieces on the dish, but that's that's really lovely at the moment.
1: Do, do you feel a sense of obligation, given that you're a regional restaurant, to try and create a sense of place and a, a sort of a you know like epitomise the food of Tasmania or the region?
0: Of course, yeah. I mean it's we're a, a Tasmanian restaurant through and through. We we use nothing that comes from interstate. Um and that that is the same with our wine list. We only wow. use Tasmanian wines and booze. And it's just, yeah, a hundred percent Tasmanian produce. Most of it comes from the south of the state. Um we are getting some summer truffles from up in the north and then the ducks are kind of from Launceston area and that's about as far as we go. So the food's all coming from about two 300 kilometres within the restaurant. Um, again, we're sort of using about 80, 90% from our own garden. But wow. look, I think, I think, you know, Tasmania is very much that, in a sense, you know, we're proud of the state. We're proud of the produce, um, and and most of the good restaurants sort of think the same way. It's it's Tasmania. We're proud of it. We we have you know we use the producers, and it's it's a wonderful thing. You know, we everything that we use that we're not growing, we know the farmer. We've been to the farms predominantly, and. Yeah, we know where it comes from. We know where it's been picked. We we know their story and we tell that to our customers. So anyone coming, they're getting this, you know, it's a, just a, a story of our time, place, the product, producers mm. and the moment in the season. And I think that's a very true expression of, of cooking and that's what we're trying to achieve. And, and most people that come say we're, we're doing that and it feels really great
1: you You've worked at uh, many venues that have already carved this path that you're on in their own region. Well, what surprised you about sort of running your and building your own restaurant and expressing sort of your true self in that sense?
0: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, the build was a real challenge financially and time-wise. Having worked in some of those really inspired high-end, you know, world-class restaurants, that, that was always just kind of a part of the brigade. But seeing how they did it, I think was really important, especially Brave, how they operated and utilized the garden. So bringing that into my little patch, it was it, it's always challenging sort of finding your own voice as you've been mm-hmm. influenced so heavily from certain people. But having the garden, has just been just the most incredible thing. And really that dictates what we cook, how we cook and it sounds very silly, but we go down every morning and, you know, we're picking this, picking that for the menu and something just catches your eye in the corner and it says, I'm ready to go and this is kind of what what you should do so the menu's just created loosely from the garden and it just kind of happens I don't know it's a weird thing that there's a really lovely connection with that and yeah the garden just tells us when and what to do and I think over the last year I've really sort of found my style with that and look Mm -hmm. the garden it's you, this is what we're doing and it's quite amazing and most most chefs that you know have very much a large kitchen garden that they work with sort of say the same thing and i never really got it until we really worked that way ourselves in my own venue um so pretty amazing that that's kind of the how it works and very connected with the land um and then look the challenges of running a restaurant in general are enormous. I'd never had a role as a executive chef, let alone running a business. So mm-hmm. been enormous challenges the whole way. It's, it's not an easy game to play in, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, the last couple of years have been um, challenging for many and impacted people in different ways. Well, what sort of effect has the pandemic had on you and, and your role in the industry? Well, I mean, I, obviously when the pandemic
0: hit, I mean, sort of the whole industry just closed. So I was working sort of up the East Coast and I'd lost my job. I ended up getting really sick at the time with a, a pretty nasty kind of autoimmune disease that I'm still dealing with now, but I, I'm healthy wow. and good. Um, so that, that kind of all happened at once. I got really sick, COVID hit. Almost everyone lost their jobs, you know, within the industry. There were shutdowns, lockdowns. Tasmania closed its borders. Um, So we really were quite COVID-free down here, and I was just dealing with with my sickness and and trying to get better. I'd sort of spent about six months um, being really, really sick and and not really doing much. Um, So uh, that was kind of pretty shocking at the time, but COVID... It kind of just happened together. Um, And then I got better and and really there were no jobs in in cooking or very few. So I ended up just kind of landscaping with some friends, which was awesome to be outside and moving again from being really sick. Wow. Um, but, look, I mean, it, it didn't really affect me so much in that sense, um, not as much as others who were already operating within the industry. And then, obviously, opening. I mean, we were still open and COVID, I mean, it's still kind of killing it now, but it's um, we opened very much within the pandemic and it was really hard. We We didn't really have any interstate visitors coming so we were depending entirely on really Mm. locals and they supported us enormously um we've had great support from tourism tasmania who sort of put us in in a few magazines and and then well yeah the borders kind of opened and We just started seeing some really influential players uh, from Sydney and a few other places coming down and just saying, wow, this is awesome. And then they head off and more people come who know them. And, yeah, it's been really great. There's obviously been, you know, challenges with... Oh, look, lockdowns and on the mainland especially, we had one snap lockdown here in Tassie where we basically were told on on our Monday afternoon that you're closing for the week. Um, So as a very small business where, you know, you're really relying on week-to-week uh, income. That was a big one that kind of shook us a lot and the next day we just sort of pivoted and, and opened as a bottle shop. We had heaps of comfy duck legs that we had from our ducks so we were serving packs of comfy duck and, and pinot and, and people wow. came and we made a bit of money to sort of just cover staff wages but you run at a loss in those things and as a small business that's sometimes detrimental Um mm. So, look there's been a lot of challenges um but again we sort of a a very good model within covid being small and and can really yeah just i suppose roll with the punches but um yeah it's been devastating to the industry i feel for for everyone that's that's been you know hit hard it's it's been shocking to watch and look, I, I hope we're on the right path to, to being able to operate at full capacity.
1: Um, yeah. You've rolled the dice and opened a really unique small venue that's really connected to the region. Um, but the, it's had a bit of a spotlight shone on it just of late. Has that had an impact on you?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, it, it, it always does. Uh, you put your heart and soul into something. You work, you know, ninety plus hours week in, week out. It, it's you, you know. It's it's very much you on a plate. You're expressing yourself and your kind of philosophy, and and then to be, or oh, you know, put on a, a pedestal almost is is quite surreal. I mean, I'm a pretty humble guy, and. God, I don't really buy into any of that. Essentially, I just want to have time to go surfing. Um, there hasn't <laughs> a lot of that, to be honest. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, I think to, you know, to be in Gourmet, to be nominated as Best New Restaurant in Australia by Gourmet Traveller, that was an incredible sort of win. Even though we didn't win, we saw that as a win in itself. Um, and then, you know, their Top 80 Restaurant Awards came out and, it wasn't numbered or anything. It was just sort of the the best eighty restaurants as such, and and we were in it. So that's super surreal. Um, we're just quietly doing our thing in a gorgeous part of Tassie, and and yeah, it's it's amazing that you know the word gets out and and people are talking about it. But look, it, it's it's really great. Um, we're thrilled that we're getting attention and some nice kind of awards and accolades. It's not everything, of course. It definitely helps with generating, uh, I suppose, the right clientele um, and generates better business, which has been amazing. Um, Mm. But, yeah, it's just kind of surreal. Like I said, we're just quietly doing our thing and, and for the kind of Australia or, you know, some parts of the world to be watching it feels it feels amazing and, and we're just stoked about that um but we never open to be the greatest or the best or anything we just wanted to to cook really good food and be connected to that that part of tassie um and we're slowly really finding our feet within it so it feels really great i must admit
1: in in some ways, you kind of fell into the industry, and yet you've created this really incredible offering that's really quite personal. Mm. What do you love about what you do?
0: Well, it's it's um oh it's hard to say. I mean, you you you're running on adrenaline, which is it, it's addictive. It's almost like a drug, if you can say. Um, a good mm-hmm. service with great customers. Who are who are just thrilled of what you've sort of done and put out, and uh, that feels just amazing. So I think I think pleasing people within that, expressing yourself is is always really great to be able to do that on a platform day to day and have people really love it. That always is wonderful. Um, I think the industry is really inspired. It's you, you're constantly meeting really. Interesting and, and inspired people. So that's probably one thing that I always get a real kick out of. Um, and then just, I mean, I love eating. So to be able to, to, to cook good food, to eat it, to, to go to restaurants and for people to know who you are and for them to sort of cook good food for you, uh, I think it's beautiful. So it's a wonderful industry. Um, Yeah, I I definitely enjoy being a part of it and and get a real kick out of
1: pleasing people. Well, Tim, congratulations on what you've built there and look forward to seeing what you build from from now on as well. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. Uh, Please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon.
0: Yeah, no worries, Huck. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, look forward to catching up. Cheers, mate.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep.